You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era, improv news stories, and go on long-winded rants about our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, you bastard. You've ruined my childhood. Fuck your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here just enjoying fond memories of growing up in the 80s and 90s with all the best Movies, cartoon franchises, and toys, and then, then you have the gall to sit over there just enjoying all this new stuff like it's all the same thing. Like, (laughs) Ghostbusters are girls, yuck, (laughs) She-Ra, gay, gross, and don't even get me started on George Lucas because he doesn't know anything about Star Wars down with Disney. I said it. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you have to say for yourself? I have to say, fuck your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sad. You broke my little nerd boy heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, but all all kidding aside, like, that is something that we hear in the the nerd kingdom uh, over and over again. You ruined my childhood. You know, anytime... A property gets revisited, whether it be a new iteration on it, uh, a, a random sequel 20 years later, you know, whatever it is. It's always, oh, you ruined my childhood. You ruined my childhood. How? How did it ruin your childhood? Like, that irritates me to no end. Your childhood still existed. The properties <laughs> you love still are still there. Go and indulge. Rewatch Cheers for the 9,000th time. You know, just why do you care if somebody touches something that you once loved as a kid? You know, I, I've never understood this complaint. Yeah, you're totally right. And it's like all the memories that you have and of the things that you enjoyed so much as a kid, all that stuff is still there. Like you, there, no one is going into your head and taking away your fond memories. Nobody is traveling back in time and like messing up the cartoons that you used to like. It's all right. the same thing. And if you don't like the stuff that people are doing now with the same like characters or franchises or, you know, series or whatever, then just don't spend your time and money on it. Like just ignore it. Like you don't, you don't have to care anymore. It's okay to move yeah. on with your life and just do and enjoy something else instead of, you know, going on the internet and trolling everybody and bitching all over the place about how you ruined my childhood. Like <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I tr- so I tried really hard to like have an episode of the rental rant series here where we could actually have like a debate and I'm like, I'll take a side and you'll take a side. But with this topic, it's like, no, once again, we both agree that this is fucking stupid. So oh, uh, yeah. uh, it's like, but I, tr- I gave, I gave it my, my, my all. I gave it like, the old college try <laughs> there, but then, it, but then I, I but then I, I felt real bad about it because I'm like, oh, no, now that's going to be recorded forever that I said that, you know, Ghostbusters can't be girls because, <laughs> of course, they can. Why not? Like, right. You know, they can be whatever they want to be. <laughs> and if you don't, don't want to watch that movie, then don't watch the movie and shut up about it. Exactly. And sometimes the stuff that people bitch about, uh, like, is so insignificant. You know, like, for, for example, like, the, OK, with Dawn of the Dead. 
when they remade Dawn of the Dead. Well, the zombies mm-hmm. run. And how many other fucking zombie runners have we had, you know, since the 80s? Like, it's not right. new. But people acted like, oh, well, well, the, the Romero verse is gospel. Like, that they, they must shamble. It's like, all right, yeah, I agree. Romero is the grandfather of all zombies. But there were movies coming out around the same time as the Romero movies with fucking running zombies. So why are we suddenly so upset and claiming that running zombies ruined Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> like, yeah, I no, but, don't understand uh, the weird nitpicks, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, like getting to the heart of that mindset, I, I mean, pretty early in the show here. But <laughs> I think uh, it's some combination of people who want to hold on to their little precious, you know, their little property, whatever right. it is, their movie. And it's like they're a fan of it. And they don't really I don't think that they really want other people to be a fan of it in the same way that like you have these guys who are really into like some like cool local band. And then as soon as the oh, local band starts getting popular, suddenly yes. they're like, oh, they sold out like they're stuck now. They were cooler <laughs> back when they used to play basement shows. And like it was just me and like I mean, their girlfriends. And it was like 10 people. It was awesome. And it's like, yeah, but like what the worst? What's the fun in that for like the band? You know, like, what's the right. fun in that for all the other people in the world who could have enjoyed that band? Like, but you want to have this like private secret little thing that just belongs to you and i think that there's like some version of that mentality where you extrapolate that to like oh like you know me and the, all the kids in the 80s like we grew up with gi joe gi joe's our thing man you can't make like this this live action movie and change everything it's not yours it's mine man you know <laughs> yeah i and i i think that is it in a nutshell because Man, I tell you, when I used to work at Media Play, I used to hear that bullshit all the fucking time. Like, oh, these guys sold out. They're not good anymore. Like, why? Because they got popular? Like, <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, the, the one in particular that always sticks in my mind is, you remember the Sheila Divine, right? Oh, yeah, they were great. I saw them live. They were awesome. Yeah, same. Like, I remember when, when they when they first came out, like, we only got a handful of CDs. And usually because it was... Yeah, the guys that were doing the ordering were, like, really, like, they had their finger on the pulse of, like, local music. So anything that was, like, semi-local, like, in the New York State area, they tried to, like, mm-hmm. get a couple CDs in the in the store. And everybody, like, all the, the people in the music department ended up listening to that album and really digging it. So we got more and more, and, you know, we were always recommending it to people. And slowly but surely, like in the area, these guys started gaining some popularity. So it wasn't just this handful of people talking about it. And like the handful of people that were talking about it at the beginning suddenly stopped liking them. And I'm like, why? They're still making the same music. I don't understand it. Yeah, but they're they're not cool anymore because now other people who those gatekeepers perceive as being uncool now like now like their band. So if a band has uncool fans then the band can no longer be cool either like that that's but again it's that same mentality of like well this was my thing like it was mm-hmm. my pri- my private little thing that was just for me and i place all of my you know, like self-worth and value in the things that i enjoy and you can't enjoy them too <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you know i i've said this before uh and actually on this very show the only time that i will agree is if they go back and edit the original material and then only make that material available. That's the only time I will be like, all right, you know what? I'll agree with you on this one. That sucks. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and I mentioned George Lucas, you know, for a reason earlier, because I think exactly. you know, that, that's I mean, there's been other examples, but that's, you know, the the single most uh, prominent one. Right. And, uh, and I agree. I, I remember thinking that was total bullshit. You know, I, I did not used to like the Star Wars prequels. I like them now. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really want any more Star Wars movies after the prequels, but I love the new ones that we've got in the Disney era. I don't watch all the TV shows. I never was into, you know, all the, the toys. Like I read some of the comics, but, you know, whatever. I, I said that to say that, like, I was cool with the comics. Add some new stuff to the, you know, to the to the continuity. Like the prequels grew on me. Like I never disliked them because they were like sellout. I just didn't think they were as good but you know yeah. again they've grown on me over time you know i can perceive them differently now you know that now that i'm a little bit older and a little bit calmer <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, i don't right. have so many i don't have so many incendiary opinions anymore um but yeah but I, it, it just it was definitely you know bullshit that that he went back into the original movies and made changes to them and then made it hard to find the original versions of said movies you know it made yeah. it difficult for you to just go to the store and buy like the theatrical cut and watch the original version with like Sebastian Stan in like Return of the Jedi but wait mm-hmm. not Sebastian Stan Sebastian Shaw Sebastian yeah. Stan is the uh, is uh, Bucky <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, but but my point being like now you, you know, you can't go back and watch that version easily. I mean, with the Internet, I guess, you know, it's, I guess it's probably not that hard to find it. But like you don't get to have that nice uh, object on your DVD shelf or your VHS shelf or whatever. Um, right. And yeah, that that I don't know that it necessarily ruins my childhood because I still remember all of that original stuff. I remember the original like, Ewok song. And, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, and if I want to go to my parents, house, I could probably dig out my in my old VHS tapes that are, you know, the ones I taped off of like Cinemax or whatever, you know, some channel it was playing on back in the day. <laughs> but like, I don't want to do that, you know, so that so right. in that in that way. Yeah, it does kind of suck. My childhood's still there. It's still safely in the past and no one's going to go back in time and fuck with it. But, yeah, it definitely sucks that I can no longer now go back and re-experience it, you know, in the same way because there's like this roadblock now. Yeah. Well, and, and they did the same thing with with E.T. for a while. Like uh, for a while there, the only version you could get was the freaking walkie talkie version. Um, and eventually, you know, Spielberg went back and, and kind of removed that. He, he thought better if it was like, yeah, you know, well, let's put the guns back. Um, yeah. And now that's, you know, you can get that wherever. But for the longest time, it was like, wait, they did what? They put walkie talkies in there? <laughs> like, and that yeah, was I- what you had. Yeah, I didn't even remember that. Like, uh, ET, I, I definitely remember seeing like the original version, and but then I didn't see it for like a super long time. So yeah, I I found out about the walkie-talkie version like after the fact, and I had the same reaction of like, what? What, what walkie-talkie version? What are you talking about? You know? Right. <laughs> but yeah, like so so those are the times that I can I can understand the, you know, the you ruined my childhood sentiment. Yeah. So I mean, basically, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna completely change. Uh, the 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 original property and make it hard to find like yeah that sucks so I will agree with the people complaining that that ruins their childhood like eh, it doesn't ruin their childhood in the sense the memories are still there but you can't re-experience it that that thing no longer exists in the way it did when you were a kid um and and like I can understand that like I I know personally there are tons of films and television shows that I would love to be able to go back and find but they're either out of print or they're they haven't been released on streaming you know a perfect example of that is the original dawn of the dead if you don't have a a hard copy of that you can't watch it like it just doesn't exist anymore um because i forget his name but the guy who who got the rights to it like he's holding like he's basically holding it hostage 
Yeah. Um, you know, so we can't get a, a, a theatrical release again. We can't get streaming release. So thank God I have the, the freaking ultimate collector's edition, like four disc box set, because otherwise I would never be able to experience, uh, you know, the original Dawn of the Dead. So when when that kind of stuff happens, yeah, that sucks. That absolutely sucks. But th- this mindset of don't like don't sequelize, don't remake, don't can you know don't continue in any way or iterate on this property I loved because if you do, you somehow ruin my love for the property and and delete my history with it. That's just crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think there's there, there's something to be said where I can sympathize with people who are just disappointed with like new installments in a franchise or oh, yeah. new new versions of something. Like when they do, like when they remake remake a movie and the remake sucks, right? Yes. It's like, I mean, that's it's just disappointing because especially if you're like a super fan, right? If you're if you're a huge fan of a franchise, like I'll mention Nightmare on Elm Street because a lot of people didn't like the remake. Obviously, I did. You know, we went on and on about it, and and mm-hmm. you did as well. You know, in another episode, we went on and on about it. But like that's a good example of pe- there are people out there who are absolute mega mega fans of Freddy Krueger and the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, franchise and then have a new movie come out and you don't like it like I get that like that can really suck you know where you can kind of feel like this franchise that you that you've devoted so much of your time and money into has somehow let you down you know and I know that I felt that way about comic book series and movie series where it's like man I I really want to be a big fan of this thing but now I feel like I can't because there's this stinker thrown in the box set with the rest of it you know right (laughs) (laughs) yep which is, I'm sure, how, what, what a lot of people think about, like the Jaws, you know, the, the Jaws franchise, where even oh, me, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could skip that third one, if, if but if I had the box set, <laughs> yeah, whatever, I guess it's okay. But I love that fourth one. <laughs> uh, that's kind of like me with with Halloween six and eight. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I could I could leave those. Um, but you know, it, it, like, all right, so so you you mentioned the the comic book thing, and they got me thinking for a second. I I feel like people like you and I who grew up reading a lot of comic books and I know you have continued on like that's, that's your fandom is is comic books. But I think it's easier for people like us to accept a new version or a random sequel or something like that, because with comics, especially superhero comics, they're constantly reinventing themselves. So it's still the character you love, but like, oh, a new team is on it. So now it's a completely different take on that character. And maybe their take is going to be your favorite version of that character. But once that writing team and and, and artist team, once they're done, you got a new version of it. And and I always I know I always bring this up a Grant Morrison's new X-Men. Like, yeah, that was outstanding. And then it was followed up so horribly. (laughs) And but again, that doesn't erase the fact that Grant Morrison's X-Men was so good, you know, and there was countless examples of that throughout the, uh, the amazing Spider-Man run back before they did the whole, Oh God, what was it where he made the deal with Mephisto or Mephisto or however you say his name? Um, you know, everyone forget about Spider-Man, that whole thing. Yeah. One more day. I think was the name of that storyline. Yeah. With J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah. It's like when Straczynski, like he was introducing all that, like, you know, like the weird ancient spider stuff and, all the weird mysticism to Spider-Man. And it was getting really cool. Like, you know, finally Peter Parker, uh, you know, kind of fessed up to Aunt May, like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. all of that shit was happening. Like, Mary Jane and, and Peter were, like, going through, like, a separation. Like, there was all this. He brought Peter Parker from a teenager into adulthood. 
And it was a really great run. And then they were like, yeah, forget all that happened. Let's start over, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think being fans of comic books, it's a little easier to accept that because it's just par for the course with an ongoing series. So, like, I know myself when when I'm a big fan of like, okay, the Hellboy movies. I fucking loved the first two Hellboy movies. I wanted that third and final Hellboy movie so damn bad. And no one would give them the money. So Del Toro was never able to do it, and they ended up remaking it. Now, a lot of people hated the remake on principle because it was like, well, I wanted the third movie. Yeah, me too. I wanted the third movie too. That's not to say that what we got wasn't a fantastic movie. Like, it was a really fun Hellboy film. So I think it was easy for me to accept that because, again, I'm used to having that disappointment of – you know, oh, this is so good. What are they going to do next? Oh, and they dropped the ball. <laughs> you know, like, it's just easier, I think, for for people who are used to to reading comic books. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. I think you know, you, you mentioned some good examples. And yeah, whether it's Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, Wolverine, I mean, whatever, all the big franchises in like the comic book superhero world, they have been relaunched and rebooted and, you know, uh uh, released again with a new number one and there's a new uh, creative team, new writer, new artist, like new continuity, like so many times, you know, with the reboot and the retcon, heck the word retcon was invented for comic books, going back and changing the history of the story, you know, to, uh, so that the continuity of the timeline is now retroactively different, like thus the term retcon. And mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, I think you're probably right. And I mean, we, we grew up with that. I mean, how many times have you gotten really into a comic book series and then, there's some major change or there's an there's a new uh, editor in chief or a new publisher at the company or the company goes under or something, whatever it happens. And suddenly now they want to relaunch it and like start all over again. And it always annoys me when they do that by not letting the existing creative team like finish the story they were telling before suddenly it's like oh now we gotta we gotta relaunch x-men again so like just drop what you were doing and like start over and that's really frustrating because i feel like i spent all this time and money money underlined Mm -hmm. you know like like reading your comic and now i don't even get to have an ending um and that's while that's frustrating yeah i i think you're right i'm so used to it now uh, (laughs) right that even all the way back into the 90s what 90s when i was first reading comics that you know it's it's like par for the course, and I will I will take a minute to you know to bitch about one particular example of like a comic book reboot that I I was really really annoyed with the way that it was handled, and and it has to do with like the fan interaction, right? Because we're sitting here complaining about these internet trolls who just complain that people are like ruining my childhood. Well. You know, I, I was a huge fan, and I still am, of the New Warriors, Marvel's superhero team, the the uh, new heroes for the '90s. You know, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> it was a it was a it was a team of like teenage uh, uh, superheroes that were uh, banded or uh, yeah banded together and put out uh, their own book. And I think it was 1990. Uh, I know I got into it in 1991. And it was like some sort of like leftover C-list and D-list characters like Speedball and Firestar from like the Spider-Man show, you know, and it, but, but it was a, it was a cool book. And I thought it captured like the zeitgeist of the time and it, and they really did do a good job of making those characters seem cool and seem very topical and, you know, very like of the moment. And it wasn't like some old dudes thinking like, yeah, what are the kids like? Yeah. The kids like skateboards. Yeah. Yeah. Put some skateboards in there, but like mm-hmm. they made it actually work and it was really cool. And People have tried, or I should say creators at Marvel have tried 
over and over again over the years to recapture the magic of that original series with Fabian Nicieza and uh, Mark Bagley and Derek Robertson primarily on art. And it's been relaunched. And, you know, I was a mega, mega, mega fan of the first series in the 90s when it was running. And then when volume two came out and it was uh, Jay Faber was writing and I can't remember who the artist was, but I remember being really disappointed in it. I got nothing against Jay Faber as a writer because I've really enjoyed a lot of his other books, but it, it was like it couldn't live up to that original. And I remember being really bummed about it. And again, there was a couple other attempts. I really liked, you know, what Scotty Young did on that one miniseries. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt I always felt like Marvel like just didn't have like – uh, faith in these characters. They didn't like believe in these characters at all to the point where they tried to kill them to launch their like civil war miniseries back in the early two thousands because they, you know, clearly the writers and editors at Marvel at the time were thinking of what superhero team do we have? That's just completely expendable. We don't care about them. And we're just going to blow them up as the impetus for another storyline about different characters altogether. And so that's what they did. They just destroyed the new warriors. And I remember at the time being incredibly annoyed and probably the most I've ever come um, to thinking, man, they've ruined my childhood <laughs> because yeah. you know, because they like killed these characters off that were like so beloved by not just me but by a lot of you know a lot of fans really enjoyed that book in that original series. Like it got several spinoffs. Like it was that's how popular it was. You know, Night Thrasher yeah. and Just Justice, and then there was supposed to be like a second New Warriors team. And um, anyway, you know, tons of crossovers. You know, and of course, Nova, the human rocket was a member of the team. And now it's looking like Marvel might do something with him in like their uh, the MCU, which would be pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, I'm and, and, and it, it took a long time for I think it was like people who were my generation, who were kids in the 90s, who then got old enough to write for Marvel and draw for Marvel. And now they're bringing those characters back. And there's been several attempts, you know, to relaunch the new warriors, you know, uh, uh, Chris Yost uh, and I forget the the other creative team he was working with. They did a really good job relaunching it uh, a few years ago. But um, it was that 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 period where they just blew the team up and killed them was just like, man, like, why'd you have to do that? Like, it's just so, so disrespectful to the people who were fans of this, of this series. Um, oh, totally agree. Yeah. And it was like, I felt so But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I'll soldier on. Like I still have, I still had the originals. Like I, I can go back. And that's actually when I went back and started collecting the original ones all over again. Um, but then most recently in 2020, there was supposed to be another reboot, uh, from a writer named, uh, what's his name? Daniel Kibblesmith. And I was so excited for this because it was going to tie into like another crossover event that Marvel had going on. They were bringing back original new warriors characters like night thrasher and speedball and firestar. Some, some new take on, on Namorita, who is, was one of the characters that they killed, but they never really properly brought back. Uh, and I, I was so excited about it, but the internet destroyed the series and it was canceled before it ever came out because these freaking trolls saw the new characters that were supposed to be introduced in the book and hated them so much and trolled the book online so much and there's so many bad reviews based on nothing but I hate these new characters. These are stupid. Because there was a character named Snowflake, and they were like, oh, like, just like the precious little Snowflake, and you have these, like, these liberal wussies and trying to, like, get in at Marvel and, like, make their own comics. And I'm like, oh, my God. Is that seriously your argument? Because, and, and there, was, there was a character named Safe Space as well, and it's like, oh, all these, like, buzzwords of, like, you know, these, these helicopter parents, and I'm like, 
dude, you haven't even read the book. You have no idea what the plans are for these. For all you know, these characters were created as a joke, but you'll never know because Marvel canceled the goddamn book and it's right. never and it never came out. And guys like me are pissed because I'm like, I wanted my new warriors, good, bad, or otherwise. But you schmucks had to fucking ruin it for the rest of us. And not for nothing, but how many characters have been named after fucking buzzwords throughout the pantheon of comic history? Like, that's kind of a thing. Like, yeah, over and over thing. again. Right. Like, but yeah, I, with with the New Warriors, I remember, and and I, I'm I'm totally not on the same level of fandom with the New Warriors that you are. Like, I've I've always known you as the New Warriors guy. Like, even back in the day when we were when we were both like collecting, you know, but like we were both like Marvel and DC zombies for a while there in the early 2000s. Um. But, like, I remember reading that Scotty Young and um, who was the writer that did that with Scotty Young? Do you remember? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blink on it now. Uh, uh, Zeb, Wells. Zeb Wells. Zeb Wells. Thank you. It was, like, yeah. right on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, there's a Z in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember really enjoying that and having a lot of fun because it was such kind of, like, a silly superhero book. And that's one of the things I love is I love... Uh, anyone who knows me knows I love comedic horror, but I also love comedic action. So I like a lot of silly mixed in with my superheroes and silly mixed in with my horror, uh, which is probably why my favorite MCU movies are like Thor Ragnarok, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man. Uh, because like same here. I, yes, same here. I, I love that comedy. Like it's so much fun. And, um, and I would add to that to the the first Iron Man because it's oh, it's yeah. hilarious. I think it's it's hilarious. It has that same kind of uh, like uh, just snarky humor that the other ones have. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of dry humor in that first Iron Man movie, and it's funny as hell. Um, but yeah, like I, I I loved that so much. I had so much fun with that miniseries, and I was excited. I loved the redesign for like Night Thrasher. I thought his new costume was cool. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed Speedball's new costume as well. Like it was, there was a lot of cool stuff there. And then, yeah, when they, they the the idea of having a superhero team that was doing basically a um, uh, what you gonna call it, like a reality TV show, like Cops, <laughs> it yep, was a superhero exactly. team doing Cops. And I thought that was so funny because at the time there was reality TV shows everywhere. Like that, that yep. was all you could find on television. So, like, I like. Like the idea was sound of like, oh, let's have these these characters get blamed for this explosion because like they're going in for something that, uh, you know, maybe they weren't they weren't uh, ready to handle. But it was so poorly done. You know, they just they basically used them as the trigger point to, to kick off Civil War, like you said. But not only did they just insultingly kill off the characters, but they took like the happy-go-lucky speedball and turned him into Penance. Yeah, and that was oh, such an that. awful character. I hated that character. <laughs> I agree. I, I couldn't stand it. And, and even though they had Warren Ellis like writing it in the Thunderbolts, and like I yeah, I couldn't stand that take on Penance. But the difference is. Speedball still exists. My my love of the New Warriors comics that I had as a kid still exists. There's tons of other comics that feature Speedball and not Penance, and I am I'm just gonna go read those. You know, it's like yeah, you didn't. I hated it. And again, there's I'm just, there's that whole mentality of like, man, I'm disappointed with this one like part of the franchise, this one installment that to me is the stinker. But I still have all the other ones. Like no one ruined anything. Right. And, you know, to to, to, to kind of pivot off of that into, like, one of my fandoms, um, like, okay, everyone who knows me and who listens to Count Creepyhead knows I'm I'm the G.I. Joe guy. Like, oh, yeah. I 
grew up loving G.I. Joe. All of my other toys were based on how can they interact with my G.I. Joe figures. Like, <laughs> you know, everything else was like, can this be mixed into my world of G.I. Joe? So I was a huge fan of G.I. Joe. It was a very influential toy for, for me as a kid. I loved the cartoon. I loved the comic books. Um, and I've had to watch them, like, reiterate G.I. Joe over and over again. And a lot of times, not in ways I wanted. Like, when, when the Real American Hero line ended and they, they brought out, like, freaking G.I. Joe Extreme, you know, which <laughs> looked, looked like it was made by Rob Liefeld, you know. Um, it was a totally different figure and it was not at all what I wanted. So I didn't, I didn't get them. Like I was like, I was excited, new GI Joe. And then I was like, Oh, it's not, it's not GI Joe. So I didn't buy them. I still had my GI Joes, but I didn't buy the new one. And then they relaunched it again in, in like the, the early two thousands and they changed the articulation. And I was so excited about these GI Joes. And then I got some and I'm like, Oh, I don't like the articulation. I guess I'm not getting it. And then they fixed the articulation, but the proportions were off. And it was like really <laughs> weird, like big fists and little waists. And it was like, I don't really like the way those look. So, yeah, I'm not really going to buy those. But, I mean, it was like I wasn't saying they were killing my childhood because every right. version of G.I. Joe. You know, and then they finally got it right. Like where I wanted them to go with the, the 25th anniversary and, and like the quote unquote modern era of G.I. Joe. I was so in love with that. I thought there was like they they reached perfection in, mm -hmm. in 2010 with the the uh, Pursuit of Cobra line or 2009. Sorry, with the Pursuit of Cobra line. It was the, like the perfect G.I. Joe. Everything I wanted as a kid. The articulation was was on point. The accessories were made. There was so many accessories per figure. Like in some cases, you basically got like a mini vehicle with the character. Nice. There was just so much stuff. Great versions, all like. They weren't reselling you your childhood. It wasn't like, hey, here's here's the same Duke you bought as a kid, <laughs> just updated. It was like, here's a new version of Duke with like weird body armor and a freaking aliens pulse rifle. Like <laughs> they they updated everything. So cool. Loved every minute of it. And then they were just like, and we're done. And now we're going to release the six inch version of G.I. Joe and we're going to sell you your childhood again. Oh, and it's on. like. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I stopped paying attention. Like, I, I, I'm guilty. I jumped in and bought a couple of them. Like, I was like, these are cool. And then after kind of displaying them, like, yeah, that's, I don't really care, you know. So <laughs> right. it's just not my cup of tea. But my point is, I have watched one of my beloved franchises get reinvented over and over and over again and it mm -hmm. doesn't take away my love for that franchise like yeah is each iteration my cup of tea not at all but do i still love the characters and the memories and all the stuff surrounding it fuck yeah and i want to see it keep going it's like i've said before with um you know you and i keep talking about we have to do a star wars episode of rental rants oh, yeah. um it's like my thoughts on 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 the last jedi like well, i'm not going to go into it all here but the movie was not for me. However, I'm glad that it has a big fan base because I want Star Wars to succeed because I love Star Wars. So it's like, exactly. even if even if there's something that's not for me, I'm like, hey, I'm glad you liked it because that means we're going to get more. <laughs> like, there's a fan for it. So yeah. th this, this concept of kill it with fire before it has a chance to come out blows my mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, it sounds like you're on, you and I are on the same page, obviously. But like, I would always rather have more of the thing that I like. 
even if I don't necessarily like what they did with it, I would still probably rather have more than none. You know, I, right. I think that's probably true. And maybe not everybody agrees with me. So there's probably people out there who would who would say, no, like, don't give me something shitty. Either it's good or it's or nothing good or nothing. You know, and I, yeah. I, I think I guess that's fine, too. But at the same time, like to our point, no one's getting a fucking time machine and going back in time and, you know, canceling your favorite TV show or stopping your favorite movie from coming out or like taking all your toys away. <laughs> like that right. stuff is still there. <laughs> and if you don't like what people are doing with G.I. Joe right now, well, then don't fucking buy it. Or don't watch it or whatever. You know, you don't like the new cartoon and the live action movies or whatever, then guess what? They're not for you. But yeah. like, just leave it alone. Like. The, like the people who ruined the new warriors and I never got the new series when I say ruined it because they ruined it because the book never fucking came out in 2020. And I wouldn't, I wanted to see that, but because someone else was like, you're ruining my favorite characters with your, you know, stupid agenda. I did not get to have new entries for one of my favorite franchises. And that is what I hate. I would rather have read yep. the book and not liked it than to now never get to read it ever because of some jerk who ruined it. And that's like, I know that we're going to kind of pivot uh, slightly off topic for a second, but that's something that I got a bitch about for a minute. Mm -hmm. When, when creators allow the loudmouths to ruin the creation, that sucks. Like let creators create, let them create their vision, let them do what they're going to do. If you don't like it, you know, voice your opinion with your fucking dollars. Don't buy it. You know, I hate it when, you know, you get these movies that go back for like massive re-edits because now sometimes it is good. Like, look at the Sonic the Hedgehog thing, yeah. you know, where, where people were like, oh, God, that's that's nightmare fuel. And then the, the people making the movie were like, you know, you're kind of right. Let's redo that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. OK, but you're not changing the core story. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, with like films that were on their way out and then like people just jumped all over it, like dogging on this. And they're like, you know, the investors pulled money because it's like, we're not going to make our return on this. So fuck that. And then before you know it, another movie's not happening. Um, or countless times with video games where it's like, like I, I know world of Warcraft right now is a hot button, but it's like with this current expansion, they had this whole new direction planned for the storyline. People started dogpiling on it. Uh, in the previous expansion before it even came out and they changed direction and then it sucked, you know, cause they were listening to the people who don't know where the story's going. They were like listening to their concerns about, Oh, they don't like the, you know, this idea we should change where it's going. And then the story ended up being absolute dog shit because they listened to the people bitching about it. Yeah. And the worst part is now that they've released like, Hey, here's what we were going to do with the story. All the people who were bitching were like, oh, that would have been much better. And it's like, <laughs> ah, why? Why do you listen to these fucking fools who yeah, it, want to kill it before it comes out? Yeah, it's the same type of type of mentality of like you know, when there's too many cooks in the kitchen or, or mm -hmm. in, in Hollywood, when there's too, they get too many notes, you know, it's yes. like just let the people do what they're going to do and just leave it alone. Like, why can't we just leave things alone? <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah, that's that's, I, that's oh, okay. go ahead. I was gonna say th th there there is a degree like, you know, curate things, for example, it, like the Marvel Universe, the MCU. Like, I understand being like, all right, look, you, you have to do 
these things because it needs to tie into these properties. So I understand having like notes on top of something creative and having to work within that those limitations, which honestly I think is a good thing for creative people. Like I know myself, uh, and I know you can probably attest to this as well, like when you do apply some limitations on what you're creating, it does help you be more creative. Yeah. Um, you know, so not just having carte blanche sometimes can be a little overwhelming and you might go in a direction that nobody's going to like, <laughs> including yourself, you know? Yeah, that's um, true. But like, yeah, like to a degree, you don't want to limit your director or your writer so much that they can't create, like, still let them create but definitely stop listening to the detractors because I'm, I'm so i'm so tired of that I'm so tired of not getting cool stuff because a bunch of fanboys were bored on a friday night and wanted to bitch about the little snippet of news that they saw on reddit you know it's right like, oh, enough. <laughs> oh man yeah so i think the conclusion here is that like look nobody's ruining your childhood but you idiots are out there ruining franchises for the rest of us who just want to enjoy things, right? right. Like, just leave it alone. <laughs> just leave it alone and let us have what we like. And if you don't like it, don't buy it. Don't watch it. Don't rent it. Don't download it. Don't stream it. Don't read it. Just leave it alone. Right. You know, and, and, and most importantly, shut the fuck up about it because, exactly. you know, Ghostbusters can be women and, you know, She-Ra can be queer and George Lucas is an incredibly creative guy who gave us Star Wars and we never would have had any of that. So shut the fuck up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Go enjoy your, go play with your your G.I. Joes and enjoy your childhood memories, you know? (laughs) Yep. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we we came full circle there. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Fuck your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm going to say it again. (laughs) (laughs) So there's actually one other like I guess version of this uh, this type of person who's always complaining about ruining childhood or maybe even they're the ones who are doing the ruining, which is and I actually kind of like it, right? Because there's this trend that's been going on online for years and it's like all these theorists or these people who like to put a dark spin on existing properties or view them through this like darker lens, right? Like there's an example where, you know, I've heard it from a, a dozen different sources where people look at SpongeBob SquarePants and they think and they notice things that make them think that SpongeBob takes place after like a nuclear blast at like the Bikini Atoll and that's what Bikini Bottom is and that's why there's all these like fish that can talk and stuff because it's like, you know, there was a, a nuclear test there. Um, yep. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure that there are people out there who are like, oh, no, like, why did you say that? Like, I don't want to think about SpongeBob <laughs> as being some kind of like a nuclear mutant, you know, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> or there's a theory out there that Link from Majora's Mask, the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, is actually dead throughout the entire game that he's killed in like the opening like cutscene, And that puts like a different like take on the game. And it's like, I, I I like those, but like, yeah, I could definitely say like, you could definitely maybe ruin some childhood memories for me by making me like question the things that I used to enjoy so much, you know? Yeah. Like completely reexamine it and be like, oh God, this is dark. You know? Exactly. 
Or like Kevin McAllister from Home Alone is absolutely a sociopath and like a sadist. And oh, yeah. we we all cheer for him even now. But you know, he tries really, really hard to kill those two guys and like and really <laughs> enjoys it a lot. Like he's having a good old time. <laughs> well and and that one they even went so far as to, was it was it a funnier die skit with uh with Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. I know yeah. they didn't in their internet skit where he was actually like killing somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because I, th- I think people, they, they realize that, they notice it too. And But I, I got to say, so I do actually really enjoy that take on the concept of like ruining your childhood when there's people out there who are trying to ruin your childhood on purpose right. by like noticing how like messed up a lot of these properties, you know, could potentially be. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And even you and I have mentioned it before about how like Revenge of the Nerds is like a terrible horror movie about a bunch yes. of like rapists. And, yep. you know, <laughs> and it's well, like, I, I can't believe we used to like that stuff so much. It's so terrible. See, and, and I, I love I, I do really like doing that, like reexamining uh, a property through a different lens, um, even like sometimes just like picking out all of the really naughty and adult things that are in cartoons you know, like uh, like Rocco's modern life is always brought up, like where the fact that like Rocco worked at a frickin' sex line in the pilot episode, <laughs> and there's like the yeah, scene where so he's he's on the phone and there's like a sign behind him that's like be be hot, be naughty or something like that, and we cut into Rocco going oh baby, oh baby, oh baby, <laughs> and Mrs. Bighead's on the other line. She's like Rocco, he's like Mrs. Bighead, and they both hang up. As a kid, you don't really get that. As an adult, you're like, holy crap, Rocco worked in a sex line. Right? So weird. So I do love reexamining stuff like that, like kind of the Revenge of the Nerds thing you were talking about, like looking at it through through an adult lens and being like, oh, Jesus, this is horrible. (laughs) So in that sense, I enjoy ruining childhoods. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, man. Hey, so, hey, Mike, as you know, we are a part of an art collective of sorts, a, uh, a a super team of artists and podcasters and photographers and musicians and a bunch of other cool creative types called Rad Pantheon. And anyone listening to this should and can check out all of those creative projects out at radpantheon.com and radpantheon all over the social media. But we wanted to use some time at the end of these Rental Rant episodes to shine a spotlight on a project or a cool creator in our Rad Pantheon shout out. And so I want to mention uh, Justin Von Strasberg. Justin is a musician. He is an award-winning uh, web designer. Uh, he's an all-around creative guy. He is a tea aficionado and if you're interested in tea the the beverage uh, if that's something that you might want to learn more about he is definitely your guy uh, you can find out all kinds of uh, music and uh, different creative projects that he's involved in at justin von strasberg.com and justin von strasberg or justin go boom on various social media platforms like instagram justin go boom for example uh, he's also the web, the web designer behind redpantheon.com website and he's my brother so you know i'm I'm a little biased, but everyone should go check out justinvonstrasper.com and check him out on Bandcamp as well. Absolutely. He's also the uh, the man responsible for that awesome music at the uh, beginning and end of the Boogeyman's Closet podcast. So. That's right. He is the creator of the Boogeyman's Closet theme song. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 
So thanks to everyone for tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program for another one of our rental rant features. We'll be back next week with another full-length storytelling episode. You can check us all out at Raised by Rentals on the social RaisedByRentals.com. We'd love for you guys to give us some feedback on whatever podcast app you prefer. Come check us out uh, again next week. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. I hate you. You always ruin everything. (laughs) 